What's up, everybody? Welcome. Hey, we are actually getting our second podcast of the week. I'm very proud of us. Great job, Ty. Ty, I can tell there's something different today. There's something different going on. Uh, you're excited about something. What, what's going on today? You know what, Leo? It's it's like Christmas Day for me. I woke up, took a shower, got the Dolphin shirt on because it's time. It's The NFL season is here. This is... Yeah, I'm. I'm already telling you right now. About three o'clock today, I'm going to be checking out because this is this is better than Christmas. It's going to be a great day. I'm excited to see what happens tonight. So obviously today we're going to be talking about uh, NFL at the end here, making all of the picks, talking about betting odds, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But our money topic, and this is episode 56 of the Go Figure podcast. Uh, if you have not been following. If you are getting value from this, you have any questions, t- concerns about building a seven figures business, then you're probably in the right spot today because our money topic today is seven steps to a seven figures business in the next 12 months. And then Ty, what do we got on mindset? What's going on? Yeah, we're going to talk. I, I know we like to talk a lot about values and principles. So we're going to talk about some of the values and principles that seven figures business owner, seven figure owner I can't speak apparently. Uh, yeah, business owners that have created seven-figure businesses live by and and some ideas on how you can kind of incorporate these into your own life. It's interesting because five six percent of business owners get to seven figures a year in sales and revenue and income, and it's about actually just half a percent, a little bit less than half a percent, do ten million dollars a year in sales, and so that's a, getting to an eight-figure business is a really big deal, but. For 95% of business owners, they never get to seven figures. And so I figure everyone's always talking about making $100 million. And, and hey, let's just get to seven. If we can get someone to seven figures as a business owner, they're in the top 5%. They are kicking ass. And so that's what we're going to talk about. If, if we had to start all over today, which we are launching a couple new businesses uh, this year, and we're going to be working hard to build them to seven figures in the next 12 months, these are the things we're focusing on and having built an eight-figure business. These are going to be keys to success for a lot of people, not only in the steps you would take, but then what are the values and principles that you should be you know, uh, implementing and acting on and, and, and inserting in your culture? We're going to talk about that. So that's money mindset, going to be awesome. And of course, the crown jewel of today, what do we got on the sports? Yeah, well, like like we mentioned, with the NFL kicking off today, we need to uh, we need to talk about that game, the Chiefs and the Lions tonight, and talk about some picks. Again, gamble at your own risk. I'm not telling you to do anything. I'm just going to tell you what I'm doing, um, and done okay with that over the the years with the NFL. So, going to talk about that, some other games that we like, and you know, depending on time, maybe talk about a few college football matchups and go from there. Welcome to the Go Figure podcast created for parents and business owners who want to get their money right. My name's Leo Cannell. As a husband and father of five, I've been fortunate to create two eight-figure businesses in the fintech space. This podcast will share the values, principles, strategies, tools, and tactics that have helped us to build a fintech empire and provide an epic life for our family. Having been a parent and entrepreneur for 20 years, there's a lot I don't know. There's been a lot of failure. The good news is together, we'll find solutions to creating an epic life powered by a business that we love. Making a pick in a game in the NFL, in whatever you're doing, I mean, there's there's business principles behind it, right? You're going to be assessing two different teams. You're going to do pros and cons and and really make an assessment that is exactly the way you would make a decision in running a business. Those who play poker, who 
you know, gamble and sports. There are a lot of business principles, I feel like, that translate to success that you should be, you know, living by. Oh, absolutely. And and especially, Leo, with in-game betting. They call it live betting. Like yes. being able to understand trends and being able to understand body languages. And, you know, if, if someone's constantly bitching and moaning and, and they're oh, a leader yeah. of that team, what is that going to do to the team? If you've got an underdog that you can tell just has that that fire in the eye and they're going to win – bet on them throughout the game the second they go down by a touchdown that's a great time to place a bet like knowing and understanding trends i I think is very important for live betting and beyond that i'd say like low risk high reward investments right if you can create a marketing plan where if you invest you know a thousand dollars and you can bring two or three thousand dollars back that's a winning formula and you did the exact same thing with that uh colorado uh, college football game last week with Coach Prime. Tell me a little bit about uh, how you did that because it was very low risk, high reward. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I found a game that it was. Uh, I think this it was a plus seven fifty, meaning you bet a hundred dollars to win seven fifty, and just did some basic look. TCU lost a lot of their very best talent to the NFL. Colorado has a ton of hype. They've got Coach Prime. They brought in all sorts of athletes. And I said, look. It's 50 bucks. If I lose 50 bucks, I lose 50 bucks. But if this game hits, like I think it will, then it, it paid out something like 375. Um, I had 100 on it and I bailed last minute. I should have trusted that gut. But again, 50 bucks to go out and make 375. Plus, I had Colorado on a few teasers. Again, teasers where you have to pick multiple games. And if the spread is minus six, now they give you minus 12 or opposite. So I think teasers are a really, really good way to to mitigate your risk. And what's interesting, Leo, is this goes into the workspace, like depicting trends and understanding human beings and understanding body language. It is the exact same thing in the workplace. You can tell when your culture is dropping and people aren't happy and they don't want to be here. And it is infectious, especially oh, yeah. if it's with the leaders, right? It, it's so easy to depict. You've got a leader that has a bad attitude. Well, within a week, the whole team has a bad attitude and the performance drops. Go figure. But uh, I, I mean, it's I, I kind of look at it the same way. Yeah, but in a previous company, we both worked at, you could feel that. It was oh, yeah. tangible when you were on the sales floor. Like you could tell the morale was down, culture was down. Everything was always changing in a negative way. There was no excitement. Constant blame game. Constant. Yep, exactly. No accountability, especially from the top. And, and so that's, that's a big deal. Well, guys, let's jump into our money topic here. Seven steps. If you were, if you're trying to build a seven figure business right now, what are the seven steps you would need to take? And we're going to unpack these for you. And right at the top of the list is before you're even contemplating building a seven figures business to have a chance at it, you've got to have a product or service that has a proof of concept. The market wants it. There's a need and that you can provide that product and service. And so uh, Damon John, a lot of the guys in Shark Tank talk about proof of concept. And so when you hear, all right, proof of concept, you gotta have a great product or service, how do you really know you've got proof of concept in your mind that there is a place and a need for the product or service that you are going to be selling? Yeah, and that, uh, that's been a hard one for me to understand and comprehend, especially in my I'm still pretty young, but my early, early phase of entrepreneurship was like 
okay, I've got this awesome idea. How do I get proof of concept? For example, someone like Elon Musk, right? He wants to build rocket ships. Right. How on earth do you go get proof of concept? You can't build a rocket ship. <laughs> well, and just, I guess we've sent it, someone to the moon it, exactly. in I'm going to spend $2 billion to get proof of concept, right? It, it doesn't work like that. Um, there's other ways you can do that depending on the type of product you're trying to bring to market. If it's something like funding, you can go become an expert and you can find a few consultants and business coaches and trainers and you can gain proof of concept. If it's something much bigger, you're trying to launch a product, you're trying to build a rocket ship. Well, sometimes the best way to do that is to actually pony up and pay someone to provide a market analysis to, to show you whether there's a spot for it in the market or not. Um, but, but pinching pennies early on and trying to force something into the market that doesn't really exist and there's not a space for it is definitely not the right way to do it. It's going to be way more expensive. No question. So, you know, if you're in whatever industry you're in, you know, we're in the business finance space. And so we, we can start there with an example. You know, is there a need for people to have access to financing and money to start a business? And immediately when you kind of have your own experience and you go to the bank and the bank tells you no, and you're like, wow, it's actually really hard to know exactly what is the type of financing I can get to start a business. The bank's going to tell you no. What does it take to qualify? Is there a need? And if there are different groups out there that are doing it successfully, then you know there is starting to be a proof of concept uh, one of the businesses uh, we're starting uh, comes with this uh, this health equipment, right? This uh, this shockwave therapy equipment, and that's proven to be successful in multiple locations across the country. Uh, we got on the phone with uh, with my niece the, the other day, asked her questions, and you could tell, wow, there's a lot of proof of concept. And so, if it's working here, and then you've got you know a neighborhood over here, it, there's a good shot it might work out because there's a need, because that product fulfills a service. And so you can start to figure out a proof of concept. And so early on, before you even launch the business, you want to really have a good idea of done your research and know that there's either competition out there that are in that, that market, in that industry profession, doing well, but you can see a way to do it better and deliver more value. And that's where we kind of get into step number two. So step number one, you got a proof of concept. All right, there's definitely a need in the marketplace. There are different competitors out there mm -hmm. that are succeeding. That's a good sign. Uh, sometimes you don't want to be the first. Uh, Russell Brunson used to have this example. It's like when you're a pioneer and you're going across the West for the first time. Damn, that's dangerous. You get some arrows in your back from the Indians, uh, the Amer you know, Native Americans, etc. And so... You don't want to be the pioneer. You want to be like the 10th pioneer who's, they've already got paths figured out. All right, you want to avoid this area. No arrows in your back. Don't get bit by the rattlesnake and follow a proven path, but do it in a better way. And that was, I thought, a good example. But step two is you want to create a unique selling proposition. Like, okay, great. There's a need for what you've got, but why, why is someone going to use you over the competition? Exactly. You need to be better at solving a problem than your competition, right? The number one is they've already identified a problem. Enough people have this problem. Now, how do I solve this problem better or more efficiently than the competition? That's what it comes down to. And that's your unique selling proposition. <laughs> exactly right. And there's, there's this book called Blue Ocean Strategy. And if yeah. you have not read this book, it's a fantastic uh, read. And what it's about is it's about, listen, there are different industries and professions. And so if your industry and profession starts to become commoditized and everything's the same, then it's a race to the bottom, right? If we are, are both offering a cleaning service and there's not really much difference between, 
you know, cleaning the the uh, office building here and that you clean it one way, I clean it, pretty much it's the same way, right? We're just cleaning it, so we're providing the same product. And what they call that is a red ocean because it's like sharks, everybody's fighting over the same stuff, it's bloodied waters, yeah. and so it's a race to the bottom, it's hard to make money. But if you had a cleaning service that did something really unique in a better way that was blue ocean strategy, a new way of providing value, then you would set yourself apart. I don't know how that would be in that industry, but I can tell you in the business finance space, a lot of people just get somebody money and then they say, you know, you know, good luck to you. But we started, how can we give them a better, you know, uh, experience? How can we educate them? No one taught us about credit money and finance in school and college. How can we educate them how these things work and deliver so much more value, uh, build a fintech product that for a few bucks a month, they can manage all their accounts in one place, pay their bills in one place. That's where you can start to create more value than the competition. And now you're in a whole different uh, category and people don't even look at you as competing against people in your category because you provide so much value. Exactly right. And I, I think that's how we quickly shifted from a red ocean to a blue ocean because funding, getting access to capital is becoming more and more, oh, I just Google it. I just go to my bank or I, whatever that solution may be. But there's not there's nowhere out there where you cannot just get financing, but now you can manage all your finances. You can have lifetime access to new funding. You can check your credit. You can get credit strategies. It's all encompassing for the business owner, the solopreneur, right? There's good things out there for enterprise. There's good things out there for individuals, but that's how we've created our blue ocean. Um, Leo, what comes to mind when you think about other businesses out there? Because that, that blue ocean book is awesome. And it's a very, very quick listen, is, but- yeah. What would you say in our day and age, what are some of the recent blue ocean enterprises that exist right now? You know, I mean, you think of those who were kind of pioneers. You think of, of Tesla and Elon Musk. He knew there's always a need for cars out there, but that industry is very commoditized, right? Whether you're getting a Chevy, a Ford, uh, a Toyota, that was uh, all very similar, but no one was providing very high quality electric vehicles. So he started to focus in on that, right? And then at the time when Amazon was growing, you had Walmart and Walmart and, and Sam Walton. If you've never read the book Made in America, such a great book, highly recommend it. But this guy, he really disrupted the way retail stores worked because he said, instead of having a small store, just about one thing, whether it was, you know, sporting goods or clothing or groceries, he was able to bring all of it together in one store because it was all in one store. He could bring the prices overall down. So he disrupted that entire market and built a blue ocean offer and did it better at lower rates with a better experience than Kmart, put Kmart out of business, put Sears out of business. They both went bankrupt. And then now you've got Amazon that's taken it the other way that says, hey, I don't want to have to go into Walmart and waste my time. I want to be able to order stuff and have it on my doorstep tomorrow. And so Amazon created a Blue Ocean offer and disrupted that entire Speaking industry. Speaking of Amazon, you want to talk about a Blue Ocean? I, for the first time, saw an ad for this because the, the, the key to being a Blue Ocean is you need to continue to adapt and understand oh, generations change, right? A constantly. perfect example of that is YouTube TV. No one wants yes. satellites. Yes. No one wants these big boxes all over their living rooms. No one wants long-term contracts. We want to share with our families. YouTube TV is absolutely blowing up. They just got NFL Sunday ticket, right? I use YouTube TV. I've tried to switch off it to save money, and I come back every time. It's happened four times. They are a Blue Ocean, but... I mean, ultimately, when you break this down, Amazon, one of the more recent things that they're doing is they're now a pharmacy. 
you oh, can wow. send in subscription or subscriptions prescriptions i don't know if it's officially launched oh, but your gonna, doctor can send prescriptions pharmacies. to amazon you don't oh, have wow. to go stand in that terrible line oh, you don't have to line. sit there and have them search for your your i don't know why that's always the case but every time i go to the pharmacy somehow they never find my damn prescription and then i say will you look again well what's your date of birth i give them my date of birth again oh yeah here it is magically it appears the second time i hate pharmacies and i 100 percent will send every single prescription to amazon oh and then it's like oh i'm not sure this one's covered oh this one is covered by insurance this one's not you're like dude it's always been covered and you're like Oh, I'm showing that it's not today. And it's like, well, I'm not going to wait here and come back over and over. I'll just pay without the damn insurance. But it's just like, yeah, horrible experiences. So when you can take a horrible experience and now turn it into getting rid of the friction and the pain, yep. like sometimes it's speed and we're making you know changes, pivots to our funding to increase speed. Sometimes it's just a better overall experience. Sometimes it just saves you time. And so if you can start to do some of those things, incorporate that into your business. And I think you've made just such a powerful example, right? Because uh, TV, you've got like the old legacy system, right? You've got cable and satellite and you've got like NBC, ABC, all these old ways of, you know, basically taking in content. Now the streaming services have come in and you're exactly right. YouTube is doing it better and they're doing it so much better now the, one of the last things that old TV services and cable had to hold on to to make money was sports because uh, there's all this data that show that people watch sports and they actually watch it live. So they actually yep. are watching the commercials, right? And so, but now that's not true because now it's going to YouTube yeah. or it's going to Apple TV. Do you know what Messi just did with Apple TV? I saw that. He exploded the subscriptions, brought so much value. So now sports is going to be off all the old legacy TV models and cable, and now it's going to be on the streaming services like Apple TV, like YouTube. You saw NFL go into Amazon Prime on Thursdays last year, right? Oh, yeah. So I mean, marketing's so much more efficient now, too, because they can do targeted ads based off of the viewers because they know it's my YouTube account. I've recently learned that you probably get different ads than I do watching YouTube TV. Not for all of them. There's some of them that just run for everyone, but... Some of them you can say, I'm not, I'm not interested in this product. Don't show me this ad again. I'm like, talk about a better way to watch TV. Oh, yeah. they, they definitely found their blue ocean. So. Super, super interesting, exciting. And so another example where it's almost like you have to say, all right, if I was trying to put myself out of business or this company, what would that look like? How would the experience be better? How would it save me time, be more convenient? And it's not always about saving money. Sometimes it's just more or less about saving time and a better experience. YouTube TV is a great example of that. Uh, Another thing we talk about, step three, is you've got to have values and principles like non-negotiables. We're going to get into that, I think, uh, in our mindset topic here. But if you don't have values and principles, you're going to do what you say you're going to do. You're going to build a culture of success. Like when someone knows that that's what you guys stand for, that that means a, a big difference. And so you think of... What's a company you think of that's like quality? Apple, right? Yeah. Quality. You think, hey, I want you know, high quality. High, <laughs> there you go, Abercrombie <laughs> Fitch. High quality. Uh, where's my shirt on? I, 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 I need to order, order it. I, you've got my word. You'll get one. But seriously, like an Apple phone, an Apple computer, an iPad, like the Apple Watch. I mean, I just uh, read, I read Steve Jobs' biography, and I just read after Steve everything Tim Cook. Do you realize Tim Cook took that from like a – a four hundred million dollar uh, business market capitalization to now three trillion dollars. Wow! 
in a, in just over a decade. Like it's pretty impressive what he's done, and that's oh, yeah. because of what Steve Jobs created. Like this is what a great product and experience is about. And Apple's like even when you open the box. Like you don't have that experience with you, other things. You don't throw the boxes away like, because oh, they're so pretty. It's, so, it's like this useless box of junk is sitting here, but it's an Apple box and it's it looks so, so sleek it's and like sexy. a work of art. Exactly. So. We have a bunch of them here. I don't know why. But uh, yeah. no, Apple actually, and I feel like I constantly keep finding new things with Apple that I didn't even realize. Like, So I hate my Amazon Alexa. I can't stand it for some reason. And I, I hate the connectivity of it and it always seems to have issues connecting to Nest and then Ring. And so mm. I recently found out Apple has like what's called the Apple, I think it's iHub or the the Home really? Hub, Uh-oh. where it's like way more quality than any other like Sonos. Like it is a really, really nice big speaker that you put in your living room and then you put little mini hubs in each room throughout your house. And I can title this one Jack. I can title this one Master. And I can get on my watch and say, hey, Siri, tell Jack it's time to wake up. Or I can get on my phone and say, hey, Siri, set an alarm in Tommy's room for 7 a.m. Or I can get on my MacBook and talk to him. Like The way they all sync up, I, I think Apple's just done a phenomenal job. You, you can't, th- there's no point in getting a MacBook if you don't have the iPhone and vice versa. And then you want the watch. So they're, they're doing, I, I love Apple. Big fan. Yeah, no, no question. All right, so that is, we talked a little bit about values and principles. And then you've got to define, well, how are you going to bring in business? Sometimes you can be really good at providing a product or service, but if you don't know how you're going to bring new customers and clients in the door, you know, maybe uh, your website, your sales funnel, whatever it may be, then you're not going to get very far. So you have to have a marketing plan and that could mean strategic partnerships, right? It doesn't necessarily mean spending a bunch of money on marketing. If you go out and you reach out to someone who already has all of your top clients and you can create an affiliate program to benefit them or provide a service that helps them to grow and build their business they're going to send you business and so strategic partners and then you've got to be using technology you've got to know how online sales funnels work and even in grocery stores they have sales funnels right yeah you go out and you you get your groceries you go to sit in the checkout line and what's what's sitting in the checkout line well, grab some magazines, <laughs> candy. grab some candy, yeah. grab a drink. And so even they, they've got their upsells, they've got their sales funnels. I used to talk to my kids about that. So you've got to have that built out. That's step four. And then step five, you got to build a great team. You've been instrumental at building a great team here at Seven Figures Funding. What would you attribute some of the success that someone should think about in building a great team? I think with building a great team, the first step there is is not to build a team too quickly right you you need to you need to be very strategic with your hiring i think the worst thing you can do is over hire and just start throwing all this cash away that you really can't afford as a new business so just like step number one is to get proof of concept i think step number five in building a great team that proof of concept theory comes into play again if i'm going to hire a new role I'm going to step into that role myself for a few weeks and develop and create that proof of concept. And that's, Leo, something that I've done with every single role within this company. So not only do people actually understand, oh, Ty knows what he's doing. I want to listen to him. But we've proved out that that role actually does have a need, that it actually will work. And then when we're hiring, 
we're letting people know exactly who we are, exactly what we stand for. And I, I blatantly will tell them, Jillian can, can say this. She was one of the, the hires, actually, what is it? A little over a year, over a year year ago. That's crazy. And you're one of our newest hires because people just stick around. But I blatantly said, Jillian, if you are looking for a corporate America job, let's part ways right now. This is not for you. We are a family oriented company. We only people, we only hire people that want to work like that. If that's not for you, that's okay. I wish you the best. If that is for you, then, then let's go ahead and move forward. So I think really laying it out there. Here's who we are. Here's what we stand for and developing a proof of concept in every role before you hire is the key. hundred percent. And to be able to actually, Hey, I've done that role, right? I've done that. I know exactly, you know, what the obstacles are and what it takes to succeed in that role. And that, that means a lot when you can actually tell someone that you've been in that role and, and you've done all that. And so I think that's super helpful. So building your team, hire slow, Fire fast. Yeah. That's, that's something a lot of people talk about. And then, all right, so you've got those foundations. Step six is you've got to track your analytics and your key performance indicators, like how many leads are coming in, how many are moving forward, what's our conversion rate. And then one of the biggest mistakes that a lot of business owners make that don't ever get to seven figures is they don't actually know, am I making money? Yeah. <laughs> money's coming in. Money's going out. It seems like we're super successful. And wait, there's no money at the end of the month in the bank account. What's going on here, right? And so you have to have the first thing we did was we sat down with your dad, um, who's been a CPA for 30 plus years. We said, Dwight, how do we make sure we're profitable on a week-to-week basis and know that we're winning this game? We got credit card payments and charges and bank accounts. Uh, Are we winning? And so we had these rules and we knew, all right, every week we have a money date. We know if we're winning every month, we have a profit and loss, and we know exactly whether we're making money, losing money. And sometimes you make investments in the business and you may show a loss, and then all of a sudden the profits start to come in. And that's kind of exactly how this year has gone. We've made a lot of investments into the My Figures app and the technology, into other marketing programs, and now a lot of profits are starting to, to come in. And so, but understanding what you're doing and that you're making money is super important. Yeah, and and being able to to forecast based on those analytics, I yes. I I talk to we'll do some basic consulting with a lot of companies, and I look at their analytics tab, and it's like I have this many leads and I have this many sales. Well, okay, that that doesn't mean a damn thing to me unless I know. Okay, based on your sales, what are your actual margins? How are you converting with yeah. different lead sources? Are you paying a big a bigger split to this partner than you are that partner? Right? There's so many things that. You've got to dissect those analytics. And just like when you're digging through pain in a sales process, you need to find the base analytic of sales and then really dissect it, dissect it, dissect it to understand the ins and outs of that analytic. And that's how you can actually use them. And it's kind of like, hey, if one client, one customer comes in, what is our cost to fulfill on yep. that client? If we have cost of goods for the product, like what is our what are what's left over? Before I have to actually pay all the overhead, maybe additional employees, marketing, you have to have a decent amount. Hopefully you're at 40, 50% gross profit margins before you have your overhead yep. and you can, you know, pull 15, 20, 25% net profit. Super important. And then the final step here is all right, make sure you're making long-term investments into the business. One of the issues we see with business owners is they're only thinking about today. And if you start thinking about, well, what's it going to take to be successful long-term? And I love coming back to this example that we had in 2020 
right in the middle of the pandemic. And we're like, we've got to invest in a partner portal. It's going to cost us tens of thousands of dollars, but it will pay off for years to come. We made that investment and it literally paid off within three months. And it's been so vital. There's no way we could have built an eight-figure business without making that investment. So you have to make long-term decisions. And if you're going to invest in something, you want to invest, I think, in technology, systems, processes, and people. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, again, being able to strategically make those long-term investments comes down to truly understanding your market, understanding your analytics, understanding your partners and, and what they need, what those pain points are. So, Perfect. All right. That was our money segment there. We had seven steps to build a seven figures business and do it within 12 months. And those are really seven steps that are not theoretical. They've been proven successful for us. Maybe you've got a few different ones on there that you think or that have worked for you. If you do, comment, share those with us, share them with everybody. Let's jump into our mindset uh, quickly before we jump into the NFL matchups for this week, week one of the NFL. So if you are a seven figures business owner, what are some of the values and principles that you should be subscribing by, living by, that are non-negotiable no matter what. We're going to stick to these. Where What would be the first one? And we've got it on our wall. But what, what, what would be the first one that comes to mind? This, Leo, to me, is, is the biggest thing with anyone, period. Whether it's a business owner, whether it's a human, this is who I surround myself with. These are people that they do what they say they're going to do. And interestingly enough, uh, Tom Brady was on the Patrick Bet David show recently, and they they gave him that big painting, which was just freaking awesome. But amazing, yeah. I, I know we talk about sports a lot, but when you really break this down, Tom Brady, we had an opportunity to listen to someone who is the best of the best. Like, there's no difference with that and someone like Steve Jobs. They truly are the best of the best. And when it comes down to it, you know, what does Tom Brady attribute his, his success to. And he says clear as day, if, if you want to be a high level achiever, you need to clearly define and understand your values and principles. So, and, and number one on this list should always be for everyone. You do what you say you're going to do. And if you're not going to do it, then don't commit to it. I can tell you, you know, that puts you in the top 10% of business owners, entrepreneurs, professional salespeople. If you actually do what you say you're going to do and you follow through and if something weird happens and you can't, but you really make up for it, you apologize, you own it, you're accountable, that is probably one of the top principles for success right there. And I can think I can think of someone we know, right? A very smart, very capable entrepreneur who, you know, we've worked with in the past and really struggles with this principle. And so if there's something you know you're not great at as a business owner, you need to f bring someone in to sort of take on that weakness for you and, and someone who has a strength in that category. Maybe you're really good at creating an, an initial product, but the operations of it, you're not so good. And the systems and processes, you need to fill that weakness. But when you make all sorts of commitments that you do not follow through with, there's no quicker way to lose confidence and trust with your clients, with your strategic partners, with your employees, with your family. I mean, how many parents go out there and make promises, commitments to their kids and don't follow through with them. It's just mind boggling, but that's such an important principle for everything. Yeah. There's no quicker way to lose trust and, and accountability. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's, that's literally 
it's such a red flag for me. If, if someone doesn't do what they say they're going to do and there's like zero remorse there whatsoever, I, I know for a fact that's someone that I will, I, I just don't care to be around. Exactly right. And as I always tell my kids, you are the sum of the five people you hang yep. out with the most. Amen. And so you need to make sure you're hanging out with great people that have high standards. Another one that is, if somebody is whining and complaining a lot, and everybody goes through ups and downs in their lives, but one of the quickest ways you'll start to see someone go downhill, and I can think of some of our previous employees who started off on fire you know, six, 12 months in, they're just killing it. They've got great work ethic. They're making a lot of money. They're doing so well. And I'll think, wow, you know, they're showing signs that they could be fantastic. Maybe they're going to be here for a long time. My wife will comment, oh, wow, they're so great. I'm sure they're going to be here for years. And literally six months later, they start whining. They start complaining. Everything is someone else's fault. Their work ethic drops. Their attitude goes to shit. And guess what? They're no longer here and their life continues to go downhill. And I, I can't tell you how many people I've seen that happen. with. Exactly. And, and the next, the next uh, key here that, that they talk about is just the opposite of that is you need to be someone that finds solutions, right? And, and finding solutions oftentimes comes down to having a little whiteboarding session. There's times where you've got a problem and it's like, wow, I have no idea what the hell we're going to do or how we're going to get through this. But guess what? You sit down and you start writing down solutions. Even if they're the most asinine solutions that you will never, ever go forward with, start whiteboarding, start writing them down because those ideas will generate new ideas and you'll start to come up with different options, different solutions, but be solution driven. I always say there's three types of people in life. There are people that are really good at finding problems. We have a lot of those. And then there are people that actually make problems, make things worse. We don't need any more of those. The very uh, small amount, finite amount of people who are problem solvers, that's what we need more of. So if you're you know, working at a company, are you bringing solutions? There's a lot of employees that are really good at bringing problems, but if you can bring me the problem and a potential solution, now we've got something to talk about. Far too often in life and in business, people make love to their problems instead of focusing on the solutions. And you're right, you might not know what it is, but when you sit down and you focus on it, you've got such a great shot of now solving it. And maybe it's going to take a few tests and trials to find it, but you eventually will and so that's finding solutions. Another one is just demanding high standards, high standards of yourself, high standards of your children, your family, high standards of your team at work, and never being satisfied with mediocre subpar results. That is absolutely a value and principle that successful entrepreneurs and seven-figure business owners are going to live by. Exactly. And, and you can't and shouldn't demand anything that you're not willing to do oh, or live man. by yourself. I think for leaders, that is so imperative. I, I mean, if I have a, a manager or boss or director that's saying, you better be in here by 9 a.m. every day, and they're rolling in it at 1030 with a Starbucks and, and they're looking lazy and whatnot, then their word's not going to mean anything to me. So demand high standards, but also live by them yourself. Um, the next thing here, Leo, is, is being willing to, def you know, delay gratification, understanding oh, that huge. building a seven, eight figure business is a process. It's not an event. It doesn't happen overnight for anyone. If it happened overnight, you know, there's outliers, but we'd all do it. Exactly. Do it. <laughs> or it's a massive scam. So <laughs> it, it's a process. It's, it's not an event and come into it with that understanding and that mindset. 
And in that same vein, yeah, it's a process, not an event. And so you have a long-term view. It's not short-term because sometimes you can make short-term decisions that may make you money. Maybe it's operating in a gray area, but ultimately long-term, it's going to put you at risk. Your business is going to be at risk. You might make a short-term decision that is not the best decision long-term. So you want to look at things. If you look at things from a long-term perspective, and it's interesting. I was uh, listening to another podcast show with PBD, and he was talking about studying these businesses in Japan. And there are some businesses in Japan that are literally, I think one is like 500 years old. And there are multiple uh, hundreds of companies that are over 100, 200 years old. And how is that possible? Because they have such a long-term view, and they're making long-term decisions. They're investing in in things that are going to last and they're always looking to make pivots and adapt what oftentimes happen and you see this in so many different businesses where a business or a team starts to get lazy yep. they start to become very bureaucratic they they don't work as hard they they just sort of rest on their laurels and that's a company that's going to go out of, out of business very quickly and we see this all the time and so if you're thinking long term you're not thinking like that Absolutely. And and the last one here on this list is taking care of your, your credibility and your reputation. And, and I think that one comes down to living those six values that we just mapped out and laid out here, Leo, right? If you do those six things, then number seven, your credibility is going to take care of itself. Obviously, we don't want to be vain and, and worry so much about what people think of of us or of ourselves. But at the same time, your credibility and your reputation does matter and you, you need to make sure you're protecting that. So when you think about like credibility, reputation, like what, what comes to mind? Like, okay, if you want to be a seven figure business owner, these are the things you need to be aware of when it comes to, to credibility and reputation. I mean, for me, again, I'll go back to Tom Brady. I think of Tom Brady, his reputation. The second I think about him is he's the hardest worker in the NFL. He's the most prepared worker in the NFL. He does the hard things that other people won't. He will not say he's going to do something unless he's going to do everything in his power to do it. He, he lives those things right there. So I, I mean, ultimately what it comes down to with credibly or credibly <laughs> credibility and reputation is does this person live by what they say they're going to do? Amen. They're very congruent. You know, you know exactly what you're getting from them. And in today's world, if you have a business that you're building, or even if you're an entrepreneur, that means you've got a business brand and you've got a personal brand. And the easiest way to see what how you're doing with that, like it or not, is Googling your business name, right? Yeah. It's pulling up your business name on YouTube. It's Googling your own name as the entrepreneur business owner. It's putting your name, you know, in YouTube and Facebook and Instagram. What is popping up? What because that's the reputation and credibility that people are looking at. What are clients saying? What are online reviews saying? And if you don't have spectacular online reviews, you will not have credibility and reputation, period. Yeah. Amen. All right. Well, great. That was our mindset topic, values and principles of seven-figure business owners. Ty, let's jump into it. We've got the let's matchups here. Woo! The NFL's launching. We got week one. I'm excited. Where are we at, Jenny? Are we are we way over time? Do I need to just rip through these? Um, we have, we're over time by eight minutes. All right, 38 minutes That's right okay. now. All right, we, well, we can do this in a couple minutes then. Um, I'm just going to go through these teams. I'm going to give you my picks, and then I'm going to give you one little teaser bet that I think is phenomenal. Um, that being said, tonight, 
we have the Lions at the Chiefs. And I'm going to stick with what I said on Tuesday. I, in fact, I've already placed a bet. My money is on the Lions. I have a small bet on them covering the spread. And then I have a big bet on them flat out winning because it has a much higher payout. Um, I got it at plus 220, meaning 100 bucks to win 220. Uh, uh, the so reason for that one, I won't give you a reason for all of them, but this one's, you know, I, I think there's a few reasons. It, exactly. I think yeah. Patty Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL, probably top oh, yeah. three quarterbacks all time. I agree. It's going to take him a minute to get his receivers used to him in real game speed. He's got a lot of new faces, a lot of unproven faces. His best go-to receiver, Travis Kelsey, likely is not playing. And if he does suit up, it's simply to, to show face. Isaiah Pacheco's been banged up. I, I just think Chris Jones isn't playing. I, I think the Chiefs will take a minute to get into form. The Lions finished the season one of the hottest teams out there. They're healthy. They're they're more mature. I like the Lions in this one. Uh, agree with that one? I do agree with that. Sorry, Jonas. It's it's not going to be a good one for Patty today. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, the next game on, on the belt here, we've got the Panthers at the Falcons. I'm going Falcons on that one. We've got the Texans at the Ravens, probably the easiest pick out there. The, the Ravens are going to destroy them. Yeah, I don't know if will. I'd bet the spread, but I probably would. So uh, the next one, we've got Bengals at Browns. Oddly enough, a lot of people are picking Browns. Sorry, I'm, I'm not on that bandwagon yet. No way. Um, it's not happening. Deshaun, you're not. I, I'm not certain Deshaun Watson is a long-term solution, honestly. No, I, I need to. I feel like when you go through something crazy like he did and – you remember when Michael Vick went through the dog thing and the yeah, you know how terrible that was. But he, you could see how sorry he was, and he did everything possible. I feel like to turn his life around, and I just respected everything that he did. And watching Deshaun Watson, I don't feel like he's gone through that transformation at all. And I think karma's going to follow him. He probably won't have a happy ending. Let's put it that way. Yep, I agree. Not to the NFL. Um, next one. So yeah, I'm going Bengals there. Next one, we've got the Jaguars visiting the Colts. I am really, really big on the Jaguars covering oh, the yeah. spread and the flat out win, which to talk about the one teaser bet I'm going to suggest, it's going to be the Lions and the Jaguars is the first two teams in that. I'll get to the third one. Uh, the next game, Buccaneers at Vikings. I am definitely going Vikings all day long, although I actually think the Bucks are going to be better than a lot of people think. They still have some good talent, and although Baker Mayfield didn't have the best start to his career, he came in and did some special things for the Rams and, and may have a little opportunity to save his career there. Um, the next one on the list, we've got the Titans visiting the Saints. This is probably the trickiest game for me to pick just because the Saints do have a lot of talent. I do believe in uh, Carr. I, I just think that Derrick Henry and... DeAndre Hopkins and um, Sharp, what's his name? Their their new rookie running back. I, I just think there's a little too much firepower. Actually, I didn't know Hopkins uh, was on the Titans. Yeah. Oh, that. Yeah. So I oh, I'm going to go with the Titans. They're they're the underdog, but I'm going to go Cannon with the Titans. Hill's still quarterback, right? He is. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know Mike Vrabel's a, a great coach. That, but there's something. I think the Saints are going to make the playoffs this year. They, I mean, in that division, they, they really can. Here's some of the reasons why Michael Thomas looks like he's actually back. He's made me so ill being a Saints fan the last several years. He just hasn't even played since then in that huge contract, but he's looked really good. Derek Carr is out to show people 
you know, he, he wants to give, you know, he's a very religious guy, so he probably won't be flipping people off. But metaphorically, he wants to flip everybody off and say, hey, <laughs> you guys screwed up at the Raiders. I am a great quarterback. Watch me play. And so I'm, I'm in, and their defense has been good. Well, and they Olave is one a, of the best receivers. Olave was, should have been rookie of the year. Was he? Yeah. Uh, no, it was uh, the Jets. He should Garrett Wilson, I, I yeah. believe, for offensive. But yeah, I, I mean, the other thing too, game. Leo. If Alvin Kamara was playing, I may go Saints, but He's I'm not. sticking with Titans. I do love Jamal Williams, but going Titans. 49ers visiting the Steelers. Actually, a That's lot a of game. analysts are predicting the Steelers win this game. Um, but I just think with Bosa getting that deal done today, their defense being healthy, Brock Purdy being back, he's not going to be that super shiny star QB, but he's a, he's a game manager. And I, I think the 49ers just have too much firepower. Do you think Purdy's pretty healthy? I think so. Okay. Yeah. I think he's healthy enough for his role. He's got a good team. And yeah. A smart offensive coach. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Cardinals visiting the commanders. The Cardinals may be one of the worst teams we've seen in a long time, even though the commanders have no business winning more than five games. I think they, they take care of the uh, Cardinals. We've got the Packers visiting the bears. I'm pretty big on the bears. I, I think they're really good this year. I think the Packers are in a growing, growing phase. Jordan loves looked pretty good. Yeah, that's looked pretty good. But I've been surprised. I think that's just more really good coaching. Yeah, it, it is really good coaching. They, they've got a really, really young receiving core. They still have Aaron Jones, but I, I think the bears are ready to kind of turn the tide there and start beating the Packers for the next few years. We've got Raiders visiting the Broncos. I'm taking the Broncos and Sean Payton on this one all day long. We've got the Dolphins visiting the Chargers. Regardless of what I actually think, Good game. the Dolphins are winning this one. Good game. Um, but that's aside from, you know, bias aside, I think that's probably number two or number three in, in highly anticipated games because those are two teams that could make deep runs. We've got Eagles visiting the Patriots. They're taking care of business all day long. And that is the third team that I'm putting in in my teaser there. The Eagles, because you're going to get them at plus two and a half. There's no way they're losing that game. Um, you get the Rams visiting the Seahawks. Seahawks are going to handle them no problem. The Rams, again, they have, what, six undrafted rookies that they're starting. It's, it's going to be a tough year Dude, for the Rams. Cup's already hurt again. Yeah. I think it's going to be a long year, and I think Matthew Stafford's going to be like, ah, I might, he might be done by the end of the year. Yeah. I build a stick of fork in him, and he's going to go retire. So. Yeah. Um, you've got the Cowboys visiting the Giants. I think that's that's the, a decent game. That's Sunday night. That's a and game. Casey, love you, brother. But uh, I'm going with the Giants, the New York Football Giants, dude. I I think Daniel Jones is is ready to take care of business. I think that they're going to split this year. I think the Cowboys will beat the Giants at home. And I think the Giants are going to beat the Cowboys at home. Saquon's healthy. They they've added some receivers. I I think the Giants are going to be a really solid squad. And then the last one here, you've got Bills at the Jets. Oh, that's going to be fun. This is probably the only time you ever hear me, you ever, period, will hear me say this, but let's go Bills. Let's go Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, it's going to be an interesting game for sure, and I'm looking forward to watching that one too. Yeah, after watching uh, Hard Knocks, the, the five episodes that they do for training camp, I'm so, so ready for Aaron Rodgers to, to get some humble pie. So... There we go. There's there the picks. Are. We'll see how we do. Go figure.
thank you for joining us on the Go Figure podcast. If you learned something that will help your business or family, take 30 seconds and give us a five star. If we added value to your day, then share the show with someone who wants to get their money right and be sure to subscribe to the Seven Figures Funding YouTube channel. If you're a business owner and a parent committed to getting your money right for your family, then check out the MyFigures.com money app with a free 30-day trial to manage your money, track your net worth, and build a profit-first business through our fintech platform. God bless, and we'll see you next time on the Go Figure podcast.